August the 15th, the Orthodox Church celebrates the Feast of the Dormition of our Most Holy Lady and Ever-Virgin Mary the Theotokos. This feast day commemorates the falling asleep, or in Greek, the Kimisis of the Mother of Jesus Christ, as well as the translation, or metastasis, of her body into heaven. We know through the tradition of the Church that the Theotokos remained with the Apostle John, as Christ himself directed when he was hanging on the Holy Cross. There, in the house of the Apostle, Banaia continued her ministry in word and deed. At the time of her Dormition, Banaia was about 70 years old. Three days prior to the Dormition, our Lord sent Archangel Gabriel to inform Banaia of her progression from earth to heaven. The Archangel Gabriel gave Banaia a palm branch as a pledge of this event and proclaimed, Thus says your son, it is time to receive my mother to myself. Wherefore do not be troubled by this, but receive my message with gladness, for you are passing over to life eternal. After hearing this news, Banaia was filled with joy, and eagerly went up to the Mount of Olives to pray. This was followed by a miraculous event, when the palm trees which surrounded Banaia tilted down towards her as if to venerate the Mother of God. After this, Banaia returned to clean her house and prepare what was necessary for her burial. The Theotokos revealed to the other women in the house what the Archangel had told her and showed them the palm branch. The women became sad and mourned with tears, begging that she remain with them. The Theotokos then assured the women that her translation to heaven would allow her not only to guard them but also the entire world. With these words of consolation, their sadness ceased. Suddenly, a loud noise was heard and many clouds were assembled. At this time, the disciples of our Lord, who were preaching throughout the world, arrived in Jerusalem on clouds, something testified in the Paraklesis hymns chanted during the Dormition fast. All of the disciples, except the Apostle Thomas, were present. Also present were the Apostle Timothy, St. Dionysios the Aeropagite, St. Iorotheos, the teacher of St. Dionysios, and other hierarchs. After being gathered together, they realized why they had been brought to the Theotokos, and they proclaimed, Mistress, seeing you live and reside in the world, we were comforted, as if we were seeing your son and our master and teacher. Because now you are passing over to the heavens according to the will of your son and God, for this we lament, as you see and weep, yet we rejoice for all that has been said in order on your behalf. Banaya then responded and said, O friends and disciples of my Son and God, do not mourn and be sad for my joy, but bury my body in the way I am formed on my deathbed. After this was said, the Apostle Paul arrived and fell to the ground and gave her praise. Then, having reclined in her bed and having offered entreaties and supplication to her son, the Theotokos delivered herself peacefully, without pain or anguish, into the hands of her Son and God. 
The funeral of the Theotokos started with a procession of her body through Jerusalem, with the apostles, faithful, and angels present. It is written in the Synaxarion that the air was purified by the ascending of her soul, the earth was sanctified by the burial of her body, and many of the sick recovered their health. The Jewish priests and Pharisees witnessing this could not bear witnessing the heavenly majesty of the Theotokos' funeral. One of them, named Jephaniah or Athonios, tried to desecrate the body of the Theotokos, but his hands were cut off before he could do anything. Coming to repentance, he was healed by Saint Peter. The Theotokos was buried at Gethsemane, outside of the walls of Jerusalem. Saint Thomas, the only disciple of Christ not present at the Dormition, arrived three days afterwards and was extremely upset. However, when he was traveling from Jerusalem to Gethsemane, Panagia appeared to the Apostle Thomas and gave him her holy belt, or in Greek, the Timiazoni. The Apostles later opened the tomb so that Thomas could venerate her. To their astonishment, the tomb was empty. All that remained was a piece of cloth for the consolation of the Apostles and additionally as proof of her translation to heaven. According to Saint Nicodemus, Banagia was translated in both soul and body. The Dormition is the final major feast in the liturgical cycle of the Church. Beginning with the birth of the Theotokos at the start of the Church calendar, we end the year with the falling asleep of the Theotokos and the ascension of her body and soul to heaven. As we look upon the icon of the feast, the events of the whole divine economy of our salvation that we celebrate throughout the past year are in our minds. The icon of the Dormition and every element depicted in the icon plays a specific role in defining the viewer's perspective of the event. In the icon, we first see the Theotokos humbly lying on her deathbed, surrounded by all who were there with her. This image of mourners gathered around the body of a loved one is something that all people from every age, experience, understand. All those present fix their eyes sorrowfully and reverently on the Mother of God, directing also our eyes to her. Surrounding Banayya are the Apostles. Some icons depict the Apostles on clouds, while others show them surrounding the bed of Banayya, looking down at her in joyful sorrow. On the right side of Banayya, we see Apostle Peter, who is sensing the body of the Theotokos. On the left is Apostle Paul, who is bowing down to honor her. Along with the Apostles are hierarchs and women. In the center, we see Christ standing and looking at his mother. He is dressed in golden garments and is surrounded by a colorless double mandola, an almond-shaped halo. The outer mandola is filled with the angels who are also present at the Dormition. These depict Christ in his divine glory. In Christ's hands is a child wrapped in white clothing. This child represents the soul of Banayya. Above Christ, we see the opened gates of heaven, ready to receive the Theotokos. This image is a beautiful reversal of the typical depiction of the Theotokos holding the Christ child. Instead of Banayya or the Yitria showing us Christ as the way, our Lord is reminding us of the fulfillment of the way. I expect the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. The icon of the Dormition has changed slightly in detail over the centuries, 
with different iconographers depicting more details of the event as time has progressed. The first known depictions of the Dormition were established in the 4th century in Zaragoza in Spain, prior to the Iconoclast era. Some of these icons still remain, despite the Iconoclast period and can be found in parts of Georgia, Cappadocia and Syria. However, it wasn't until later on that further details were added to this icon. We see changes such as angels who approach Christ to take the soul of the Theotokos to heaven, with Archangel Michael speeding them along the way. We also see more women in the buildings behind Banayir, and several more uncolored winged angels. Other iconographic depictions starting to depict Jephaniah attempting to desecrate the bed of the Theotokos. This highlights the incorruptible, eternally holy and pure nature of the Mother of God. Many of the icons of Banayir that we see in the Orthodox Church depict events in the life of Banayir or her presence at major events in the life of Christ. Despite the variety of events, there are some common aspects to Banayir's representation in these icons. Taking the icon of the Annunciation as an example, we see Banayir wearing a red external robe, but a blue internal robe. The color red symbolizes the earth, which shows that Banayir was a human and appeared externally as human. The color blue, on the other hand, symbolizes the sky, which shows the heavenly aspect of Banayir's internal character that she kept hidden from the world. The positioning of Banayir also has deep theological meaning. In the icon of the Annunciation, the eyes of the Archangel and the rays symbolizing the Holy Spirit are all pointed towards Banayir, showing how essential her yes was in the narrative of our salvation. Similarly, in the Nativity icon, Banayir is at the center, showing the importance of her role as mother both of Christ and of all humanity. In the icon of the Crucifixion, however, she is not prominently depicted, as emphasis there is primarily on the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. In our Dormition icon, she is once again at the center, alongside her son. Banayir's postures are also of great significance theologically. Banayir is often depicted standing in the Annunciation icon to show her status as being higher in honor than the Archangel. In other icons where she is seated, the seat resembles a throne to show her queenly nature. The Theotokos' posture in the Nativity icon also has various options, all of which have deeper spiritual meaning. These are discussed by Leonid Uspensky in The Meaning of Icons, where he says, In some images, she is half-sitting, which points to the absence in her case of the usual sufferings, and therefore to the virgin nature of the nativity and the divine origin of the babe, against the Nestorian era. But in the great majority of images of Christ's nativity, the Mother of God is lying down, which should remind those who pray of the undoubtedly human nature of the babe, in order that the Incarnation should not be suspected of being an illusion. What strikes many as a uniquely beautiful aspect of Banayir's depiction in Orthodox iconography is her humility. When one looks upon the Mother of God, the one who bore the Creator in her womb, they notice that despite the heights of her glory, she is represented in an almost supplicant manner. In the icon of the Annunciation, she is bowing her head in acceptance of God's will for her. In the Nativity, she is again bowing her head. 
This is especially noticeable in icons depicting Panagia holding Christ as a child where she bows her head presenting Christ for veneration by those prostrating themselves before the icon. This reflects Panagia's life, as St. John Maximovich writes, The Virgin Mary, during her earthly life, avoided the glory which belonged to her as the Mother of the Lord. She preferred to live in quiet and prepare herself for the departure into eternal life. Discussing Panagia in the context of iconography, St. Paisios the Athenite said, There has never been a woman as beautiful as Panagia was in soul and body. How she transformed people's souls with her grace. The humility that she displayed in her life is thus reflected in the iconography. One such example of these icons is Panagia Ierosolomitisa, a more modern icon. In 1870, an iconographer nun by the name of Tatiani from the Monastery of St. Mary Magdalene, located opposite the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, had a vision. She saw a nun whom she did not know enter her cell and say, Sister Tatiani, I came for you to paint me. Tatiani answered, Sister, I am an iconographer, not an artist. The nun said to her, In that case, paint an icon of me. Tatiani, taken aback by the boldness of the stranger, replied, I don't have any wood to paint you on. The stranger then gave her a board for iconography and said, Paint. As Tatiani painted the nun, she saw her garments turn to gold, her face shone brightly, and she heard her say, O blessed Tatiani, you alone, after the apostle and evangelist Luke, will paint an icon of me. Tatiani realized that she was painting an icon of Panagia. She was fearful and woke from the vision. She immediately hurried to her abbess and told her all. The abbess was hesitant to accept what had happened, but told Tatiani to go to sleep and tomorrow to paint an icon of Panagia. As she returned to her cell, she could see light emanating and smelt a beautiful fragrance. She then told her abbess and together they entered the bright and fragrant cell where they saw the icon from the vision was before them in reality, a holy icon of the Panagia made without hands. Soon after, Panagia presented herself again to the nun and said to her, Take me down to my house in Gethsemane. Since then, the holy icon made without hands of Panagia Hierosolomitisa can be found at the site of the tomb of the Mother of God of Gethsemane, where it continues to work miracles. For instance, when the Church of Gethsemane flooded on three occasions, the icon left its marble throne and floated in safety. It is said that St. Paisios the Athenite, who had seen the Theotokos in many visions, had noted that this icon was the closest in representation to Panagia, an unsurprising fact considering it was miraculously created without hands. As with the other episodes of this series, the icons we have discussed only touch the surface of the myriad of miracles and intercessions that Panagia has done for us.